Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Good to see you guys. So glad you're here today. Thank you for coming out. And I hope and pray that you've had a blessed week, and we're starting a new week, and I know that God is on our side. So let's give our great God a great round of applause for His love and His mercy. Then also, I want to give a thank you to how—I love our worship team. Would you guys give them some love today? Thank God for them. Thank God for them. So today, welcome to Freedom Church. Glad you're here. Glad for those of you that might be tuning in online. We have a global outreach through there. We have people all over the world that watch us. So we're just so thankful to be able to leverage technology for God's glory. And so glad that you're here. If you're here and you're brand new, thank you for coming. If you brought someone, thank you for bringing someone. If you're here all the time, thank you for being here. So two weeks ago, today, I started a new series to kick off the new year on January 8th called New Year Fresh Start. Because here's what I know about God. God gives us a new opportunity. God gives us a fresh start. God gives us a clean slate. And so what it was on that first week, I kicked off the series talking about taking back your life. And the, the thread that pulls through this whole series is the quality of your decisions will always determine the quality of your life. And so that's what we talked about that week. And so because when we make our decisions, our decisions make us. So when you base your values on God's will, God's way, and God's word, your decisions in your life will always be easier. Last week I talked about overcoming temptation. And here's what I know about the enemy that hates you and me. His name is Lucifer. It's Satan. It's the devil. He is coming after us with a vengeance. He is coming to try to devour us. So you've got to realize that and also understand that even if you've been a Christian for a long time, don't think that you can overpower him. He's more powerful than you are. So you've got to realize that you're really not as strong as you think you are. So what do we do when we face temptation? You've got to move the boundary line. If this is the boundary line of sin, right here, you don't go up and tip and lean over into it because there's a such thing called temptation that you fall to it. There's a point of no return. So you need to move that boundary line way over here so that you don't get yourself in a situation that you might go and do something that you're going to regret. So what do you do? Exaggerate the outcome. What would happen if I crossed that line of sin? What would happen if I fell to that temptation? What would happen to my business or what would happen to my marriage or what would happen to my kids? I could ultimately end up losing my life. So with that, what do you do when you face temptations? You do like Joseph did, and you read in Genesis 39, you pre-plan your escape. And today, we're going to move forward in what we're talking about in this thin line of about our decisions. This past week, I don't know about you, but I'm a guy that gets up really early. How many of you get up really early? Yes. Now, I'm not saying I do as much as they do in the Army, but how many of you remember the commercial where it is said that they do more before 9 o'clock and most people do all day, right? Well, I kind of feel like that because I do a lot before I ever do anything else. I mean, I get up early. I want to spend my time and my hour with God, and I want to spend time in prayer. I want to spend time in the Word. I want to be able to spend time in reading. I read a lot of books, and if you're a leader, if you're not reading, you're not leading. You can't be on the cutting edge of what you're doing. And then I like to exercise and, be, and get my mind ready for the day. Well, last week, Wednesday morning, it was just not the typical morning. 
you know, I got up and I, I get my coffee and I'm trying to get ready and get focused on my quiet time. And man, I was just, <laughs> I was just conking out. I got a decent night's rest, but if for some reason my body was just shutting down. I was trying to stay focused on the words. <laughs> Sorry, Lord. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to read the word. And, and next thing you know, I'm trying to stay awake through prayer, but I kept pushing through. And, and then I'm reading, I, I try to read a chapter in a book every day. And I'm reading a, this book right now about some leadership principles and things like that. So I tried to, and I was just, I thought, I'm just going to get up and go back to bed. How many of you just feel like sometimes just going back to bed? Yeah, yeah, I think that's all of us. Sometimes we just feel like going back to bed. And so I push myself through, then I push myself. I like to walk two or three miles a day and other exercises I do. But anyway, I pushed myself through it for everything that I could do. So today, what I want to share with you is the most significant spiritual quality that has the greatest potential to be able to impact your life. But here's what I'll tell you about it. It has a potential, if you'll stay with me, to be able to change the trajectory of your, not just now, but of your life this year and then the rest of your life. And this quality is, is key. It's a spiritual strength. It's a, it can have a ministry impact. It can have a, help you with your physical health, with your relationships, when it comes to your financial potential, when it comes to the goals that maybe you set this year for 2023. And here's, here's the good news about what this spiritual quality is. It has absolutely nothing to do with your appearance. It has nothing to do with your background. It has nothing to do with your education, no matter how many degrees that you have down your arm. This quality I'm talking about is consistency. Consistency. And you say, what do you mean? Some of you are thinking, dude, I am screwed up now because I am totally inconsistent. I'm inconsistent. I started off trying to eat vegetables and now I'm eating chocolate bars. I started off trying to read my Bible. Now I don't even open it up. I started off this year thinking, wow, I'm going to be able to pray and I ain't talked to God in a week. I thought, man, I'm going to start out exercising, and I'm not doing it anymore. I started to do everything I could do to be on time, because it seemed like I'm always late. Now I'm getting the kids to school late, and me and the truant officer on a first-name basis. I mean, the list goes on, right? Maybe you're thinking the only thing you're consistent at is inconsistency, right? You have good intentions, but you just don't follow through. You think, you don't, I'm just tired. You know, I'm just tired. I, didn't, I don't mean it to be that way, but it just seems like it's hard, Pastor. I just don't feel like doing what I know I really need to do. <laughs> How many of you will be vulnerable enough to lift your hand to this question? How many of you find it tough at times in life being consistent? Raise your hand. That's all of us. That's all of us. So if you find yourself being inconsistent... You're in luck because there's someone in the Bible that felt the same way that you and I do. The Apostle Paul wrote a whole lot of the New Testament Bible. The Apostle Paul's previous name was Saul. He was one who were, he was trying to kill Christians, trying to destroy the movement of the way, which the way of Christianity in the Scriptures. And he got knocked off his high horse on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9 to where the, he met Jesus. And he asked Jesus after he knocked him off his high horse, he said, who are you, Lord, first and foremost, and what would you have me to do? So he ends up being a man that 
because of the Apostle Paul and him standing strong for the faith, he, he is accredited to being able to give Christianity to the Western Hemisphere. So we thank God for Paul. But this is what he said in one of his letters that he wrote to the Roman church. Look what it says about himself. He says, I really don't understand myself. Now, let me stop right there. How many of you have ever raised your hand? I really don't understand myself. How many of you have ever done something stupid? Everybody raise your hand. All right? We've all done something stupid before. So Paul's saying, I really don't understand myself. He said, for what? For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. I think I can say with confidence that everybody here would be like Paul to say, I don't want to do what is wrong, but sometimes to just do it anyway. Let me say this to you about your feelings. Your feelings will lie to you, but with consistency, I'm telling you, if you get this today, you can thrive. So if you're tired of having good intentions, if you're a person that feels like you're just like I'm always falling short in life, and the word is for you today is that with God's help, I am consistent. I want you to say that with me. With God's help... I am consistent. Say it again. With God's help, I am consistent. Well, that's what we're going to look at today because consistency is going to be the key as I talk about today, success with consistency because we are a people that understand that here's where we're at. Consistency is what transforms average into excellence. Track with me again. Understand that Consistency is what can bring transformation from the average to excellence. Now, how is that? Because successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Think about that. Think about that. We are what we do repeatedly. So, it's not what we do occasionally that makes the difference. It's what you and I do consistently that makes the difference. Today, I want to show you in the Scripture, in the Old Testament, why consistency matters. Today, we're going to take a look at Daniel. How many of you have heard of Daniel in the, in the lion's den? Raise your hand. Yes, most everybody has. Daniel was one of the most consistent people that you will read about in the Scriptures. He was consistent morally. He was consistent relationally. And most of all, he was consistent spiritually with God. And he was a great leader. In about 605 B.C., about 18 years after Babylon destroyed Jerusalem, the Babylonian government abducted all these young men from Jerusalem, and they took the best and the brightest. And what they wanted to accomplish here was to indoctrinate these young boys into the Babylonian culture in order to make leaders, future leaders out of them. During this process of what they were doing, King Darius noticed Daniel, that something was different about Daniel, that he displayed unusual consistency. So he planned to promote Daniel over the actual Babylonian leaders, not just the Jerusalem leaders. So when they got wind of this, they were ticked. The other leaders started talking about, man, we somehow got to stop this from happening. We somehow got to undermine Daniel's credibility. And so, what did they do? They started talking to their friends, to find his friends, trying to find some dirt on him. They started pulling up his Instagram to see his posts. What did he tweet four years ago? They started doing everything they could do to be able to bring down his character because they didn't want him to be their boss. Their goal was to cancel him. Understand, when cancel culture didn't start with America, 
Cancel culture has been going through all cultures for as long as you can imagine. Everybody wants to cancel somebody out. You know what I'm saying? So what does it say about Daniel in chapter 6 and verse 4? It says, then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or to condemn. Nothing. Nada. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Wow. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Let me ask this question. How many of you would want somebody to say that about you? Raise your hand. Isn't that amazing character that you would be able to have? The amazing qualities of what it would. So what would it take to have those kind of characteristics? Consistency. Consistency. These guys were all jelly of Daniel and thought there's only one way we're going to be able to get this guy. And that's his faith in his God that ain't our God. You see what I'm saying? So that's how they were going to get him. So what do they do? They take off to King Darius. Oh, King, great one, the goat, man, you are the man. Listen, let me tell you something, what we need to do. We need to go ahead and create a law, oh, King, for 30 days that says that anybody prays to anybody except for you, King, they are going to get thrown into lion's den. So here, King Darius, no doubt, puffed up with pride. His ego is bigger than his head and his crown. He agrees to do it without knowing what was really behind what he was signifying as a law. And so, what did Daniel do when he found out what was happening with this law? What did he do? His consistency went right on as usual with his God. Look at verses 10 and 11 in Daniel 6. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual. I'll come back to those four words, knelt down as usual. And it says that in his upstairs room and its windows opened toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. See, Daniel was persistent in being consistent. You say, what do you mean? That word persistent simply means he refused to give up. He refused to let go because Daniel loved his God and he knew his God was going to help him. See, the consistency of his relationship with God is what was going to make the difference in the outcome of the situation, good, bad, or ugly. That's the difference that he had in his relationship with God. Now, King Darius, he was not happy about them going to have to, he's going to have to back the law up. He's already made it. He was going to have to back the law up. They're going to throw Daniel, his boy, his homeboy, into the lion's den. His enemies thought, well, King Darius is the one here. King Darius is the goat. You know, they, no, they found out real quick the goat was, the greatest of all time was God. Daniel's God. So what happened, they threw him off in there, and next thing you know, what did God do? God sent an angel to shut the mouth of the lions so they weren't nothing more than a bunch of kitty cats laying around down in there. How many of you got kitty cats? How many of you got kitty Just like your kitty cats, all they did was lay down and purr behind him. Look what it says here in the Bible. Look what it says. It says right here, and, and look here, to, let me show you a picture right here. Just imagine, he's standing up here. Daniel is, and he's just waiting in his moment when I show this pic here. He's just waiting for them to get out like, 
uh, the kitties are purring, and I'm ready to get out. You know, he's just standing there because he loved his God. Look what it says here when King Darius found out. It says, the king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him. Why was a scratch not found on him? Read the rest of the verse and we shall see our answer. For he had trusted in his God. See, D Daniel, he didn't learn to trust God when he got in trouble in the lion's den. Daniel trusted God in the consistency of his prayer closet. That's what happened here. His faith was built in the battle, not in the point of what he was going through. He built it on his knees. That's what we end up doing whenever we have the consistency in our relationship with God. But the truth is, most of us pray occasionally. Daniel prayed consistently. Daniel prayed three times a day to be able to connect with God each and every day, each and every week, each and every month, each and every year, and throughout his life. So it's not what we do occasionally that's going to make the difference. It's what we do consistently. Are you with me? Say yes. So if we're all honest here, there's times that we're inconsistent, everybody here. So what do we do to grow in our consistency? The first thing you've got to do, you've got to start with your why. You say, what do you mean, start with a why? Well, if you look at Daniel, why did Daniel pray consistently? Because he had a relationship with his God. He wasn't doing it as some kind of outward show. He was doing it because he had a relationship with his heavenly Father. You look at how Jesus chastised the Pharisees in the New Testament. He chastised them because they would wear long adoring robes, and they would pray their long prayers, and they would let their faces look disfigured because they were fasting. It was an outward show. Daniel had an inward love and a relationship to his God and with his God. He had an intimate desire. That intimate desire is what led him to a devotion to God. Now, this was his compelling why. And without a compelling why, you're likely not to succeed when the battle comes at you in your life. Most goals in a new year, most resolutions in a new year result out of desire, not just devotion. You say, what do you mean? You want to change, but you've got to have a clear, compelling why behind the change that you want to make. When's the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. Right? When's the next best time? When? Today, right now. That's the next best time. So when you think about that, maybe if, if you have a real why, it'll create some kind of urgency in you to start now. So you want to grow in consistency. So you start with your why. And some of you may be thinking, well, you know, I got a good why. I want to be closer to God. We know that's a good thing, but no, 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 I'm not talking about that. You got to have a real why behind being closer to God. Being closer to God is that I'm sick and tired of the devil coming up against me and my family. I'm sick and tired of him coming against my household. I want to be closer to God. I want to fulfill the plan that he has for me in my life. I want to be able to have it for my family. I want to be able to have it for his glory and his honor. That's what I want to do. That's why I want to be close to God. That's a good why. That's where you start with it right there. When it comes to you, you want to read your Bible. You want to be able to pray. You want to seek the Lord. You want to put a covering of the Lord Jesus Christ and His Spirit across your household, across your kids. You want to be faithful to His church. You want to be light for Jesus. You want to be able to serve God, give to God, tell others about His goodness, His grace, and His mercy. That's the why, church, of getting close to God. You say, Pastor, I won't have a better marriage. My wife rags me all the time. 
You don't understand, Pastor, we'd like to have a better marriage. My husband, he's got a one-track mind. That's all he thinks about. No, no, no. No, no, no. Uh-uh. You want to honor your vows. You want to let your yes be yes. You want to be able to be a person aware that your kids can see an honorable marriage, that you stuck it out. You didn't throw in a towel when times got hard. You want to be able to show them an example, show your grandkids an example, be a family legacy of the marriage that you have committed to God, a godly marriage. That's a good, good start with a why. Maybe it's financial stability. And some of you are thinking, yep, that's for sure. I saw this purse the other day, and I'd love to have that purse. It's so much money. Or, I, you know, Pastor, I, you're right. I need financial stability because i got to get a new set of clubs because if I get these clubs, I can hit it 10 more yards on the fairway. <laughs> No, no, no. That's not the financial stability I'm talking about. I'm talking about not a paycheck. I'm talking about that you get to a point to where that you have financial freedom, that you can be a generous person like God, that you can be generous to your family. You can be generous to your church. You can be generous to somebody who's fell on their luck and are having hard times. You can be a generous God like our great God, who for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a giver. Who wants to be a giver like God? I do. That's who I want to be like. I want to take on his characteristics. Some of you are thinking, yeah, I know the why. I want to quit this bad habit. I want to quit it because it takes a lot of money and it's bad for my health. No, no, no. You want to quit that bad habit because it's been going on in your family for generations. And you want to say, the curse stops here. I'm not going to let it come any further in my life. The curse stops for me. That's a real why. Because what I'm telling you is, church, we're not talking about willpower here. We're talking about why power here. That's what we're talking about. And if you get your strength from that out of your devotion to God. See, Daniel knew his why, and that's why he needed to get on his knees and keep on praying to God. Just like Daniel, all of us, we're going to face obstacles. We're going to have times that we're going to have resistance from our friends and our family. There's going to be times in your life that you're going to lack support. There's going to be times that you just aren't going to feel like it. But when you know your why, you're going to find a way to get it done. My why matters. Your why matters. And the devil is coming. So what I'm going to do and what we all need to do is to be seeking God in prayer. Be seeking God in our marriage. Be seeking God in our ministry. Be seeking God in our church. Be seeking God with our kids. Be seeking God in every decision we make. And when we define our values based on God's way, God's will, and God's word, I promise you decisions will get easier and better in your life. And I'll tell you, the best is yet to come, church. Come on now. Praise His holy name today. So you start with a why. You don't plan, next, you just, you don't plan to sin, but you plan to fail. You say, this doesn't sound right, Pastor. The, not planning to sin, yes, but planning to fail. Listen, all right, let me ask you this. When we look at this story, it says that Daniel prayed three times a day, just like he did before. If that's right, say yes. That's what the Bible says. However, the question is this. Did Daniel ever miss one day? Did he ever miss one out of the three times that he was praying? How many of you say, yes, he did? Raise your hand. Some of you are scared to raise your hand. How many of you say, no, he didn't raise your hand? Yes. Some of you are thinking about split there. 
Think about this. Look at this, and I discovered this in my time. And I, you can't over-spiritualize Daniel. He was a human like us. And of course, there may have been times that he missed because it says this key in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10, these four words, he is, is that knelt down as usual. It says that he knelt down as usual. He had a usual pattern of doing that. But what if King Darius made him work late and he got caught up in camel tra traffic, nose to butt camel traffic, he couldn't get home in time to pray? What if it's a situation where that he overslept because he worked so late for the king and he missed his morning prayer? That could have happened. What if it's a situation where he was eating with his friends, he got diarrhea and he didn't want to pray while he had diarrhea? Whatever it is, okay? He's a human like you and I. Why are so many people inconsistent? And this is where I'm going. People have an all or nothing mindset. That's what happens to people. And you say, what do you mean? I fall short one time, I'm done. I throw in the towel, I give up, I have failed. Listen, give yourself some grace. Give yourself some grace when, it, when you're trying to do the best you can do. Being consistent isn't, isn't the same as being perfect. Being perfect. There's only one perfect one. That's why he had to die for our sins. His name is Jesus. When my kids were growing up, I tried to be the best pastor dad I could to them. I was their pastor before I became a pastor because that's what you are when you're men. You are a pastor of your household, whether you realize it or not. And you're thinking, I thought you was our pastor of our household. No, dads, you're the pastor of your household. So before I was even called to preach and my kids were growing up, I would want to pray with them every day. And then um, there was a time that after we did start the church and I was called to preach that I was trying my best to even do better and try to pray with my kids before they go off to the war zones. We call schools because I don't know what they're going to face in a day. Kids come in there with their own agendas and things like that. We don't know what's going to happen. So I want to make sure that I prayed with my kids and I, and I get, and had a devotion with them before they left to go off to school. Now, I've told you some of you that you guys this before. Well, I remember it was one of those crazy weeks. How many of you have ever had a crazy week? Raise your hand. Yeah, I think that's everybody. It was one of those crazy weeks. And I remember distinctively it was like, the third morning, I had not got them in there in time and prayed with them and had a devotion with them, and we would always do a circle prayer. So my middle one, India, the feisty one, she decided that she was going to look at Dad. She looked at me, she says, Dad, she said, why aren't we having devotion and prayer anymore? You don't even love us. <laughs> oh, dagger to the heart, dagger to the heart. The truth comes out of the mouth of babes. And I'm so thankful. Because I'm their pastor of our household. I'm trying to build consistency of Jesus in their life. I'm trying my best to get them to fall in love with Jesus. Because I knew one day they'd leave my household. And if they left my household still in love with Jesus, and I wasn't always around to answer questions or to help them through a tough time, I knew they'd depend on the one that we taught them consistently to be in love with, who's got their back, who's going to be with them through the tough times. So we consistently taught them about the church. They fell in love with this church. They fell in love with Jesus. They fell in love with ministry. And they all serve somewhere today. And I've even had the honor of ordaining 
two of my son-in-laws that married two of my daughters into the full works of the ministry. And my other son-in-law, he's not preaching, but he's the ministry of percussion, he says. So anyway, what do you do? I want to share a principle with you that my coach and my personal friend and mentor, Pastor Steve Stroop, had spoke here the Sunday before before, um, Thanksgiving. He's been, I've been with him for over 10 years. He taught me this principle a long time ago. It's the 752 principle, and it's something I want to share with you all. Pray seven days a week, every one of you. Pray seven days a week. Try your best. Pray multiple times you can. Make it your goal to be like Daniel. Make it as usual to find a place to pray at least three times a day. If you have children in your household, pray with them at least five days a week. So I'm going to tell you something. The time is going to fly. The season of your kids in your house is going by. It's flying so fast, so fast. We even wanted to have kids again, and it was too late for us to have kids again. I wish I could have had, I wish I had at least three or four more kids that I could have invested in. But pray with them at least five days a week. And if you're married and you've got a spouse, pray with them at least two days a week. And some of you are thinking, I'm too shy to pray with them. At least hold hands with each other and just say, let's begin. If you don't want to talk out loud and then say, amen. When you get that grip on your spouse, the devil can't grip your spouse. Right? You, you put your hand over the head and say, I'm with my spouse. We're going we're gonna to rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus. That's a great principle to live by. You keep it short, you keep it sens- simple, and if you miss one, listen, it's a strategy that's going to help you to be consistent. I'm talking about giving you the permission not to be perfect because we're not. The problem is there's an illusion of being perfect. Perfection keeps you from getting started in what you need to do. Some of you think, well, if I follow Jesus, I'm going to mess up and I'm going to cuss again, pastor. You probably will. You work around people you want to choke in the name of Jesus. Well, pastor, if I start following Jesus, then, then I got road rage, and I'm probably going to flip somebody off in traffic. Probably a good chance you probably will. <laughs> but man, when you start following Jesus in every day, maybe the next time that you go to cuss, the Holy Spirit lets you know you don't need to lose your cool this time. You cuss less. Or maybe somebody cuts you off in traffic and Instead of flipping them a bird, you flip them a prayer because you don't know what's going on in that person's life. They wouldn't have cut you off on purpose because they don't want to hurt themselves or you. So it begins to change your mind and what's going on. You probably are going to mess up, but don't let it stop you from starting a wholehearted journey with Jesus. Christianity isn't something you do. Christianity is something that's done to you. It's God coming into your life. It's not about being a better person. It's about you and I being a different person. It's not about asking God into my life, but it's God graciously bringing me into his life. Sometimes you're going to eat the wrong things. You may have started off with having some, doing broccoli and vegetables, and you're over here on sneakers bars. Yes, but jump right back on the bandwagon. You'll be able to get, probably you're going to oversleep and you're going to miss church, but say, I'm not missing next week. I miss my exercise. I'm not going to do that anymore. You're going to say something that you don't need to say. Remember, I'm not going to, I'm going to be better. If I made 789 mistakes yesterday, I'm going to make 788 today. Maybe you look at something you don't need to look at, or maybe you miss reading your Bible. You miss praying to the Lord. You're not going to be perfect, so do not confuse being consistent 
with being perfect, okay? It's just not that way. So you start with your why to grow, and then you're going to accept the fact you're going to fail, but you've got to fall in love with the process. You say, what do you mean, the process? Daniel wasn't praying because he had to. He wasn't praying out of some religious duty. He was just spending time with God who loves him. And he loved God. He was consistently living in a way that honored God. The mistake that most people make is that they are obsessed, totally obsessed with their goals. I've got to lose 10 pounds. I've got to read the whole Bible. I've got to pray off the credit cards. But then when you're inconsistent in that process, you feel like you didn't succeed. And you feel like you're not going to succeed until you hit your goal. Listen, we're going to have difficult times. There's going to be rocky roads. There's going to be a curveball that gets thrown at you. There's going to be stress, struggles, and strains. And if you don't start with a why, accept the fact that you're going to fail, that's why that you have to fall in love with the process because those things are going to happen to you. It's just the way it is. So this last week on Wednesday, I pushed through it as best I could. I prayed to my God, told him how much I loved him, I talked to him about everything going on in my life and the life of the people I love all the way out to my church family and across our globe. I read that word and let the Holy Spirit speak to me for the word for that day. I read a book. I took time to read and so I can be better for the Lord. And I went on that walk and enjoyed it. I thank God for Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. And that's what God spoke to me this week. And look what it says. It says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. You fall in love with the process. And when you think about that, if I'm consistent If you are consistent, you're going to make progress. You're going to make progress in your relationship with God. And man, you're going to be ready when life hits because I don't care who you are. You're either coming out of a problem, you're in a problem, or a problem's coming. I don't care if you figure yourself a sinner, you don't know God, or you're a saint, or somewhere in between. Everybody has issues, okay? But your relationship with God is going to get better, and you're going to be ready. Your relationship to get better with your spouse, relationship to be better with your kids, with your grandkids, with your church family. Success isn't what you achieve of whatever goal that you're reaching for in the future. You know what success is? Success is how we honor God today. That's what success is. That's when you're successful, when you're consistent, because successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. So our decisions aren't based on what feels good in the moment. Our decisions are to be based on who God's calling me to be. I'm taking God's way, God's will, and God's word. I'm determining my value system. And when I have the right value system, my decisions become easier. So I'm going to do everything I can do to grow in my consistency this year and for the rest of my life. Understanding, starting with that why. I'm going to be sure that I start with a why. And I'm going to accept the fact that there's going to be times that we're going to fail. 
we're just simply going to fail. But I'm going to fall in love with that process. Even if I fall off the horse, I'm going to climb back in the saddle and I'm going to keep going for God's glory and God's honor because he has my best in mind for him and for you and I to impact our circle of life around us. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, we love you and praise you and thank you, God. Thank you for helping us overcome our sin nature of inconsistency. Holy Spirit, we ask you to rain down right now, God. Give us strength, for we are weak. Perfectionism, Lord, is the enemy of progress in our lives, God. Lord, help those who are wanting right now, just seemingly, they just want to throw the towel in, God. They just want to give up, God, I pray in Jesus' name. Bless them right now, God. Bless them, God, in their relationship with you and in their relationships with others, in their marriage with their kids. Bless them in the area of their business, God. Bless them with their career. Bless them in their health. Bless them in growing in consistency in you. As we continue to pray, if there's an area of your life that you want God to help you to be consistent in more today, would you just lift your hand all across the auditorium? And God bless you. Thank you for your would you pray for God to help you right now? And I'm going to pray with you and for you. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, God, we're just fallible people. God, I pray, God, that each one here, God, is going to start with that why behind everything that they're doing. And God, by knowing that, God, there's going to be times that you're going to fail, Heavenly Father. And we know we may fail, but God, may we pray that we do not give up because in due season, the reward's coming. God, let us all be successful, Heavenly Father. When we honor you, Lord, God, that's when we honor you. That's when we're successful. Empower us to fall in love with the process to keep on keeping on for your glory and your honor. Bless each one, God. Empower each one. Give them favor. Make your face shine upon them. Some of you may be here today and you really don't have a relationship with Jesus and you're inconsistent in some of the bigger moral areas of your life. Maybe you've been guilty of maybe telling lies or cheating or maybe you've hurt someone or been selfish or you've been cruel or hateful or deceitful and arrogant. All those things comes along with our human life. The list goes on, but God seems to you to know that you're seeing here today, you're here today, and you want to know God. And I can tell you right now, he'll help you in every area of your life if you just simply commit your life to him. So if he's knocking on your heart's door today and you've never committed your life to him, just lift your hand right now and say, I hear him knocking, Pastor. Just lift your hand real high across the auditorium and say, I've never asked him to be the Lord of my life. I've never asked him. Just lift your hand real high and say, yes, that's me today. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. God bless you. Anyone else, just lift your hand real high and, and just lift your hand up real high. Would you just pray to him and say, Lord Jesus, I want to be able to fall in love with a consistent God today who loves me and gave his son for me. Right now, I want to give you my life. Jesus came to be the perfect sacrifice for our imperfections. So just tell the Lord Jesus Christ right now, Lord Jesus, I invite you to my heart. I believe you gave your life for me. I confess my sins to you. Please forgive me. Tell him that. Make me new. I'll follow you all of my days. 
I grow in a consistent relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people say, amen. Let's give him praise, honor, and glory, church. Come on now. Lift the roof off this place. Jesus deserves it today. Yes. Yes. Praise his holy name today. Praise his holy name today. We're going to go into a time of, of giving, and, and as we do, I want to say thank you for your faithfulness to give to Freedom Church and our regular giving. And for those of you uh, that uh, when it comes to the greatest gift offering, we have two more weeks about the greatest gift offering for those of you to understand where we're at. We're about 25% away from reaching our $60,000 goal. So thank you to all of you that has given to that. If you haven't been a part of that, you'd like to be a part of that, you can pick up a pamphlet out at the info desk that you can pray over that and see all the different entities we're helping locally and globally and everywhere in between. But I know with all of us that call it our church family here, we can blow through that goal. So I'm trusting and believing in that today. As we get ready to give to God and do that, I want to say thank you to all of you all that have come today. If you, first of all, if you gave your life to Christ, fill out a card, come and see me over next steps across from the coffee shop. If you said that prayer, come and see me. I want to be able to share with you your next step, and I'm telling all of you that's given your life to Christ here lately. I want to be able to tell you, if you've never been baptized, follow in baptism. We're going to have a baptism on February 19th. Go ahead and take a card out, sign up for that. We'll call you, follow up, answer your questions about that, because that's your next step beyond giving your life to Christ, is to be baptized. We'd love to be able to do that. Also, to be able to sign up. If you're new here, or you've been here for a little while, we have what we call Next Steps Luncheon, and that luncheon will be on that same day, February 19th, right after this service, we will feed you lunch and we will have you from about 12 to 2. We'll take good care of your kids, but we'll tell you about Freedom Church, the inside scoop, our vision, our values, where we're going. And if you're deciding maybe you want to become a member of this church, that's what that's about. And you can get that information there. Sign up and say, this is how many of us is coming so we can RSVP with you and how many kids you've got. We'll take good care of them. So that will take place on February 19th. Last but not least, before I pray over the offer, as Pastor Tim had said earlier, we are updating our database. And what's very important, if you're an email person, be sure to write as legibly as you can with your email because those of you that's been here for a while, uh, in 2022, this is going to be the first year we're going to try to email out the giving statements. A lot of you want those. We want to tell you about that. We're going to put year-end review on our website. You want to go and see the great things God has done through our church. So be sure to put all your information. We want to make sure we have your correct information in our database and also be able to put you in our text in church and all those things. So if you would, be sure to drop that card, everybody, in a basket before you leave. I'm going to pray over the offering, and I'll tell you one last thing, and then we will go. Father, we love you. Thank you for blessing us, God, even in the area of our finances, God. What we have is yours, and you just ask us to bring that portion back to be a cheerful giver. God, we get to do that. It's not a time it should be a doggy downer because, God, why would you ever bless us with more if we're not planning to bless you back with what you've already given us? So may we give back to you that what you've given us and be a light for this world and make a difference. So use that, multiply that for your glory and honor, even in our regular giving and in the greatest gift. We're believing and praying. We're going to reach it and blow through it. So bless that and use that for your glory and honor that we continue reaching people everywhere because that's our existence, to reach people to know you, our loving God, through Jesus. And in your name we pray. And everybody shouts. Amen. All right. 
Hey, this Wednesday night, 6.30, worship and prayer right here in the house. Love to see you come. If you haven't been a part of it, it has been absolutely incredible. Next week, I can't wait to be able to, to continue this series. Don't come alone. Bring somebody with you. If you're here and you need prayer, come and see us at Next Steps. If you need to know about a Next Step, come over and see us. If you've got questions, you gave your life to Christ, come and see me. I want to share and got a gift for you. Other than that, I love every one of you. God bless you.